Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, uh, sorry about that little bit of technical difficulty we experienced earlier in the show, but welcome back to another exciting hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio. We are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, and we want you all to feel free to call in and join the conversation at 347-215-8305 throughout the entire show. Or, as always, you can go to our chat room at any time throughout the show. And today, everybody, we will be discussing black history and what it means, some of our most influential African Americans who have paid the way and for equality and justice for all. We're going to chat about some of those, baby. That's right, honey. And just before we get started today, though, we want to share with you guys a little surprise. We will be welcoming a very special guest today. Um, later in the show, and here's a little background on our guest that we'll be welcoming. Her name is Miss Claudia Jordan. She was born in Providence, Rhode Island, to an Italian mother and an African-American father. Claudia's parents met when her father was in the U.S. Air Force stationed in Brincisi, I cannot pronounce that, Italy, beautiful though. She attended Baldwin-Wallace College in Berea, Ohio, where she majored in broadcasting and journalism and had her own campus radio program. She is an American actress and model. She is primarily known for being a Barker's Beauty on CBS game show The Price is Right from 2001 to 2003 and is currently a model on the U.S. version of Deal or No Deal. Currently, she will be starring as one of the contestants on season two of NBC's Celebrity Apprentice from Donald Trump. Throughout the season, each celebrity will be raising money for their charity of choice, and Jordan has selected the NAPS, as in Sam, AC Foundation. She's, she held Miss Rhode Island Teen USA 1990 title. More information can be found on her website at www.claudiajordan.net, and she will be joining us a little later in the show. Now, on to the topic that the show is about. When we talk about black history, five people come to mind immediately. Here are just a few of those beautiful people. We have Barack Obama, Cicely Tyson, Malcolm X, Coretta Scott King, and Sidney Poitier. 
No question, baby. And when you talk about Barack Obama, well, he is definitely, definitely taking the world by storm. To give you a little background on Barack, Barack was born uh, to a white American mother, Anna Dunham, and a African Kenyan father, Barack Obama Sr., who were both college students when they met at the University of Hawaii. Uh, Barack Obama attended one of Hawaii's top prep uh, academy. Then from there, he moved on, went to Columbia University, and also attended Harvard Law School, where he became the first African-American editor of the Harvard Law Review, which is very, very big. From then, he went on to practice civil rights law in Chicago, and uh, in 2004, uh, Barack Obama was elected to the U.S. Senate as the Democrat representing the state of Illinois. And obviously we all know that in 2008, uh, Mr. Obama ran for the Democratic bid as the president and has become the 44th president of the United States. This is an incredible, incredible story. Oh, I would definitely say that. That is just, I mean, and as you guys can see, he's our president, and in the first hundred days, he's already made enormous strides. But yes, babe, I mean, it's it's fabulous that we have in history. We've we've watched it unfold. We've actually got to to be a part of it unfolding, and an American um, president being African American and being elected was something that was unheard of. So I know Martin Luther King is smiling down upon this, and um, you know all the other greats that you know was before him that paved the way for this to happen, honey. No question. And just for you guys, a couple of nicknames for Barack are mm-hmm. Barry, Obama, <laughs> Rock, and the One. I was six feet, one inches tall. Pretty tall for a uh, president, I'd have to say, babe. Oh, pretty tall. I mean, we've never met him yet in person, and, and we definitely have plans to do that. I didn't know he was that tall. That's fabulous. Okay. Next, we're going to move on down to the next person, and that would be Cicely Tyson. Born December 19, 1933, in New York City, is an award-winning African-American actress. Her devoutly Christian parents came from the island of Nevis in the West Indies, but Cicely was born and raised in Harlem, New York. She was discovered by a photographer for Ebony Magazine and became a popular fashion model. Her first film was an uncredited role in Carib Gold in 1957, but she went on to do television, the celebrated series East Side, West Side, and the long-running soap opera The Guiding Light. In 1967, she appeared in The Comedians, and the following year had a featured role in The Heart is, the, is a Lonely Hunter. In 1972, she was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress for her role in the critically acclaimed Sounder. In 1974, she won two Emmy Awards for Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Other acclaimed television roles included Roots, King, in which she played Karate Scott King, the Marva Collins story, and it goes. The list goes on and on. Everybody knows that you know Cicely Tyson is a renowned actress and just a motivator and an inspirer. I've always enjoyed watching her movies. I mean, she's just a fabulous woman, and she definitely is on the top of our list in African American history, Black history. Yeah, baby, her being an actress and model, I know that you've looked up to her. And I remember when we were watching Roots, we were like, wow, that's a young Cicely Tyson. It is Mm -hmm. is crazy (laughs) to see her. And uh, she was also uh, married to Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, back in the day, uh, another one of our greats who uh, did so much with the with a musical instrument, but Cicely Tyson, another one of our African-American heroes, I would have to <laughs> Most say. Most definitely. 
Now we also have the great, the one, the only Malcolm X. Malcolm was born Malcolm Little on May 19th. That would make him a tourist like myself. 1925 in Omaha, Nebraska. His father was a Baptist minister and an un, uh, outspoken follower of Marcus Garvey, uh, the black nationalist leader, which probably uh, led a little bit to some of uh, Malcolm's uh, great views. Uh, showing that Malcolm could be more than just a man going, having a, a criminal aspect uh, to his life. At, at uh, 1946, at age 20, Malcolm was sentenced to a 10-year sentence for burglary, and while in prison, he studied history, philosophy, religion, and when he came out, he found the nation of Islam and uh, Elijah Muhammad, and he became the most visible national spokesman for the black Muslims. In 1958, he was married to Betty Shabazz, and the couple eventually had six daughters. And unfortunately, Malcolm was assassinated before, he, but before that, his uh, fiery rhetoric of everything from uh, blacks standing up for themselves to letting them know that we are more, we can be more. He um, had organizations like the Muslim Mosque, the Organization for African American Unity, and just a true, true leader in every sense of the word. And uh, always our hats go off to Malcolm X. And if you haven't checked it out, Alex Haley in 1965 wrote the autobiography of Malcolm X, and it is a fantastic, fantastic read just to let you know more about the um, the icon of a man, Malcolm X. Oh, most definitely. I can't say enough about him. I've um, had the opportunity to read parts of some of his books, and I definitely want to finish them. And just from what I've seen in the remake of the movie and different things, I see that, you know, what he stood for meant a lot in African-American history. So we definitely um, pay tribute to him. Moving right along, we'll jump right into the next, which is Sidney Portier, a native of Cat Island, Baham the Bahamas, um, though born in Miami during a mainland visit by his parents, Portier grew up in poverty as the son of a dirt farmer. He had little formal education and at the age of 15 was sent to Miami to live with his brother in order to forestall a growing tendency towards delinquency. In the U.S., Portier first experienced the racial chastism um, that divides the country, a great shock to a boy coming from a society with the black majority. A determination to find and create opportunities for black people was born in him because of the poor treatment he received on the streets of Miami. At age 18, he went to New York, did menial jobs, and slept in a bus terminal toilet. Oh, my goodness. A brief stint in the Army as a worker at the Veterans Hospital was followed by more menial jobs in Harlem. An impulsive audition at the American Negro Theater was rejected so forcefully um, that Portier did dedicated the next six months to overcoming his accent and performing in Neptis. On his second try, he was accepted. He was spotted in a rehearsal and given a bit part in the Broadway production of Listrada. And, I mean, we can go on and on about Mr. Portier. You know, he's been in the most fabulous movies. Um, he's, you know, a close friend of Oprah Winfrey's. He's been paid tribute, you know, all over the world by so many great people. And he is just so much a part of our African-American history, um, coming from an actor's point and, and all the different things that he has been able to accomplish as well. 
Baby, Sidney Poitier, uh, I read his autobiography, mm-hmm. and he is just one of my all-time favorites. When you read his story from the Bahamas and at 15 going to live with his family in Miami, and then mm-hmm. once he started acting, like you said, to overcome an accent, and he did it in six months to be able to go back to the same place that rejected him and then all of a sudden get a role. And once he got his foot in the door, he never stopped. And some of my favorite movies, I, I believe, I can't think of it right now, was, I, I believe it was Uptown Saturday night with him and Bill Cosby. Just mm-hmm. there's some right. great, great movies that I mean, uh, just great stuff. He he is just a great actor, and uh, I, I love the man. I just truly do. Sidney Poitier, one of our all-time great African Americans. Oh, most definitely. And you guys can join us live by calling three four seven two one five eighty three zero five and joining the show throughout the hour. I see people in the chat room. Enjoy yourselves. Feel free to email us, talk to us. If you are on the line because the call lines are busy and they are lighting up, go ahead and, you know, jump right in the conversation. We will be welcoming the lovely Miss Claudia Jordan later in the show, and we look forward to talking with her and all of her great projects she's got coming out and um, moving right along. Um, who we got up next for our tribute, baby? Well, I wanted to give you some first, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some African-American first. I just wanted to, to let the people in on some of our greatest uh, inventions in America have been created by African-Americans. And uh, I would have to say first, let's start off with Sarah Boone, 1892, invented the ironing board. George F. Grant, 1899, invented the golf and Alexander Miles, 1867, invented the elevator. So every time you get into the elevator, know that it was invented by African-American. Walter right. Simmons, 1920, the press and comb for all the ladies out there. Vanessa Williams, the first Miss Bla- uh, African-American Miss America in 1983. Yeah. Charlotte E. Ray, first African-American woman lawyer graduating from Howard University, big, big ups. And uh, here's one that you might not know, baby. Bill Russell, 10-time NBA champion with the Boston Celtics, was the first to win a championship as a player and a coach in 1967, held both jobs. Wait a That is awesome, honey, and I had no idea. I had no idea that he did that. I mean, this is just fabulous, and I'm learning as we go along. Black history, I mean, is, is something that we we get to, you know, pay tribute to and celebrate every single year, and this year we wanted to pay tribute, and that's what we're doing right now, and we're talking about the different African-American people that has made a difference in the past, present, and currently. And and we just really enjoy, you know, you guys joining us. Up, you, you can jump right in the conversation anytime, and you can call in live three four seven two one five eighty three zero five. And you know, somebody said once, "What does Black history mean?" And it's like it's so many different um, different definitions of what it means. So I, I just kind of wanted to share with you um, one thing that they're saying that it, it means is for Black people to have something special to celebrate. And I like that, but then again, I feel like it's for all people. What do, what do you think, Dave? Mm-hmm. 
be of a people that shows us that we can be so much more all the time. It shows us accomplishments. Uh, accomplishments. Uh, it shows us where we are on the scale of people on a day-to-day. It's dreaming, dreaming big, looking at yourself in a bigger context, and really respecting not only yourself, your peers, but everything that has come before you. And it, it's a powerful, powerful time. And, and uh, we tell our children, we talk to each other all the time, and just knowing that uh, some of our African Americans have done so much for our country, but not only our country, the entire world. Because if you look at, say, the elevator, it's not That's only right. here, baby, the elevator is all around the world. That's right. And look at Halle Berry. You know, we pay tribute to her winning, being the first African American you know, a woman to win an Oscar. I mean, that's that's big. That's huge. And just all the different things that we've been able to accomplish. And, you know, we're getting ready to welcome a very special guest to the show. We've been waiting to talk to her. It's exciting. Um, she's got a lot of great things going on. And with no further ado, I believe we have her on the line. Are you there, Claudia? Okay, we'll jump right back into that. We should be expecting her any time now. She'll be calling in. And um, we'll, we'll move right along. We're going to jump down and we're going to give you guys some tips on what we feel is good. Because, you know, beauty and fashion, that's, that's something that's in our everyday life, right? Well, we got some for you this week. And we're going to start it off with my husband and... Well, you know, you you talk about beauty and fashion, baby, and I always like to put lifestyle in there because everything is about life, beauty, fashion, lifestyle. And I'm a guy, <laughs> I got for everybody out there, how about this, the zoo... Or the Science Center, and if you want to throw in there, throw the museum in there. It is time, at least once a year. Go ahead and experience some culture, some nature. Go on a date. Take the family or the kids, whatever you want to do, but check out the zoo. Go to the Science Center in your local town or check out a museum. That's right. And in our beauty, fashion, and lifestyle tips, we also have something I want to share with you guys. It's called Twitter. And if you don't know about it, then you have to Google it. It is the new form of communication that rivals most others. You can actually text in real time what you're doing. You know, um, you can keep friends and family in, involved in what you have going on. If you're blessed enough to have fans, say you're a celebrity or an entertainer, you can keep in contact with your fans by letting them know what's happening. Um, recently, Kelly Rowland, um, the, the lady, the singer from Destiny's Child, she um, was on the plane going to L.A., and she was Twittering and letting her fans know what she was doing. And she actually took a couple of NyQuil pills because um, she was getting a cold, and she got really sick and kind of passed out from from that. It was probably the oxygen in the cabin and then the NyQuil on top of that, and they ended up rushing her to the hospital when the plane landed, but her fans were right there experiencing that with her. Twitter is a nice thing to get involved with. You can go online and sign up for it. It's just a fabulous um, tool. Twitter, Twitter, huh, baby? Twitter. Uh, okay, let's tw- Twitter. That sounds like a dance or something. But <laughs> yeah. All right, I got for everybody. Now, listen, men, you can do this, too. This isn't just for the ladies, and the ladies will truly appreciate this. But, men, go out there and get yourself a manicure. With the cold weather out there, I'm going to say it again, get a manicure. The cold weather, your That's wife right. or girlfriend does not want to feel the sandpaper on her <laughs> back and neck. Treat yourself. It only takes about 30 minutes from 15 probably maybe to $40, and I'm probably on the high side. And if you really want to get special so you don't 
tear the sheets up, get yourself a pedicure also. Oh, that would be really great, you guys. And you can do that, too. Just be clear on your nails, fellas. Do not get a color. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Get whatever you want because it's your body, right? Next on the tips for lifestyle and beauty and fashion is books. Okay, get a book on your favorite topic. Now is the best time. There are so many great deals out there, so many stores with them on sale. You're going to be not only stimulating the economy by doing that, you're going to be educating yourself. So if you don't already have a library, now's a good time to start one. And we're going to jump right in. I hope we have the lovely Miss Claudia on the line with us. Are you there, Claudia? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Definitely. Well, you got a lot of great things. We read your bio earlier in the show. (laughs) Letting everybody know you was coming, and I, I just I got to jump right into Apprentice that's coming out tomorrow. You want to tell everybody about it? Tomorrow, NBC, 9 p.m. Um, NBC said they had such good footage that they made every episode two hours for the whole season, which is the first time it's ever been done on network television. So really excited about it. Um, the cast is a bunch of crazy folks, a lot of strong personalities, with not too many filters going on. So I think you're going to get like a, you know, an earful. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, and there's five of awesome. um, We've been following it. We can't wait to check it out, everybody. Again, that's NBC tomorrow night, nine mm-hmm. o'clock central. So that would be that would be eight o'clock no, seven o'clock Pacific time, correct, honey? That I no, believe um, that no, it's not live, so it'll be nine o'clock wherever you are. Oh good. Oh, that's yeah. even perfect. Yeah, that's that's even better. better. So we'll be watching. We'll be right there in front of our TV. <laughs> We're gonna TiVo it and everything, Claudia. We have to. And let me tell you, this season it's uh the this five African-Americans on the show. Oh, my so, God, that is so hot. The blackest celebrity apprentice ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know they got, uh, honey, you're going to love this one, right, Claudia? They got who? Who's the basketball Herschel Walker. The uh, basketball. Oh, uh, Dennis Rodman. There you go. Get out of here. Dennis. Oh, man. <laughs> so We're going to be watching, are we? This is going to be hot. I want to see Dennis the outtakes. Herschel. That's what I want to see. Oh, my God. <laughs> He he gets into it too. Like he's he's not a kinder, gentler Dennis Rodman either. Like he he's Uh-oh. pretty um, aggressive and angry and shows it. He partied like every night he was down there. So I don't even know how he was able to get up at five o'clock in the morning every day. But he was you know it, it was an interesting cast. Joan Rivers, Melissa Rivers, uh, Did Andrew Dice Clay, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Yeah. Oh, how was God. how was Herschel? He was a football player, baby. How how was he? You know what? Um, he was a really nice guy, and I, I didn't know he was such a so business savvy. You know, he has a business. He does something with uh, I think Tyson Chicken, I believe. And oh, wow. he was he's playing to win, so he 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 does pretty well. So. <laughs> I can't say when you know, and, and, and I can't right. say the results, but he does really well and you know, a nice guy. You know, oh, it was definitely I, I, a mix of good and evil on the show. Uh-oh. Oh, we can't wait. You gotta have that. The hook. No, so I get it. Was it fun filming it? It was fun and it was also hard and draining. Like when it was over, I cried. It's just the release of just everything because it was definitely it was a good experience in a way that you know you got to meet a lot of crazy people and new folks and then to be you know asked to be on the show by someone like Donald Trump who believed in, in each and every one of us was you know a major compliment. But like. You know, you learned a lot about who your real friends were because you definitely have to call on your real friends and, and your celebrity friends and who's really going to step up to the plate for you. And, you know, you got to call them and ask for money. And sometimes you'll be – I was pleasantly surprised by some people's actions. Ooh, and then sometimes ooh. I was disappointed, like, wow, you're really not going to – okay. <laughs> now, so. tell, tell, tell us this, if, if it's not asking or giving away anything, like how much is Donald involved in it, this go-round? 
Well, we see Donald whenever we get, okay, the first day of shooting, we are brought to a, the deck of an aircraft carrier, and it's raining outside, and then in comes Donald Trump on a helicopter, comes oh. out, and he tells us what our task is, and we're like, he welcomes us to the show. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is on. And then we would see him every two days. No, uh, no, every, almost every day, every two days, because he would get, give us our task, we'd have to do our task, and then we'd see him at the boardroom. Actually, we saw him, like, yeah, was every day. It's all a blur because you don't get yeah. any sleep. Oh, and man. I think they do this on purpose. They give you, 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 we pretty much have four hours of sleep every day, four or five hours on a good night, and um, they made the rooms really hot some days and then really cold, and then oh. you're oh, starving. Okay, Miss Jordan, what do you want for breakfast? Five o'clock in the morning they ask you, and then it comes at 1030 and it's cold. <laughs> So then oh, you're starving, oh you're away from home, you're, you know, you're just lonely, and then, oh. okay, complete this task in 12 hours, and don't fight. Well, fight, but don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Claudia. This is going to be off the chain. You it is. A lot of reality shows out, but this one is going to be the best. I'm telling you. This, yeah. I mean, and people, the dynamics of it. And you guys know how sometimes the connotation that comes with reality TV, and I think reality TV is, like, the most exciting because it's real life, you get to see people in their element and sometimes out of their element. And, you you know, some of your favorite or not-so-favorite celebrities, you get a peek That's of what right. they're really like. And I don't know. I just, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it helps me out and, you know, people can see a different side of me other than a foul-mouthed co-host on the Jamie Foxx radio show <laughs> or a non-speaking briefcase model that people, people probably think is stupid. So don't put some in the middle. <laughs> no, Claudia, not at all. Not only you guys, and I know you're all familiar with her, she's not only beautiful, but she's smart and went to broadcasting school and all sorts of stuff. And reading your bio, it was amazing because a lot of people just don't know. So a lot of the listeners out there, we have a huge fan base. They're going to know you in a different way, and we're all going to watch it, and we're going to have a contest about it in, coming up in two weeks about the celebrity. Oh, nice. And everybody that's on the show listening, you got to make sure you're pulling for Claudia. Call the station, call NBC, call Donald, I don't care who. She's <laughs> and I would love it. it. They, they have the NBC website set up, and you can go to Celebrity Apprentice. And you can watch my, we all have a minute interviews, and you can comment on it. You know, like people have been really nice and, you know, sending me love on the, on the, on the comment. So maybe NBC will notice that, give me a show. But, uh, <laughs> but um, well, you can be getting calls from us for sure. I hope so. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know, but hello? I have, can you hear me? I have a relationship show on Sirius on Monday nights, and we, you know, that's me and four of my friends. We're all single. Yes, I'm looking for a husband. Maybe you can help me out. <laughs> and I would love to have you guys on sometimes because we try to conquer, tackle a different topic as to what's wrong with us, what are we doing wrong, and you guys seem so happy. So I would love to have you guys on if you ever were interested. So almost putting that out, we there. would definitely be. And, I, and when we, um, I'm going to make sure I get to your people and give them our contact information. Call us, let us know when you want us. We'd be honored to be on there. We have the same people now. Actually. Oh, fantastic. Let's do it then. That's done. You, can, you might as well. It's done, everybody. We are going to be on the show. I'm going to be <laughs> announcing it. I'm putting it on all of our sites Thank and everything. You. We got some people emailing us asking, please, please, please ask Claudia this question. Now, it is a personal question, so if she don't answer, don't take it out on her. I'm an open book. Don't take it out on us. Say, well, you know what it is, huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm an open book. It's okay. They want to know, are you marrying Jamie Foxx? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. You know what? If I was dating Jamie Foxx, I'd be awfully mad at all the award shows he hasn't brought me to. Oh, that's right. right. That's okay. You guys heard it live from Claudia. I'm not asking any more personal questions. We're talking about The Apprentice. It's coming on tomorrow. You guys, everybody be watching 9 o'clock wherever you're at. Make sure you TiVo it. And remember, call all the NBA offices everywhere. Go online. Go on their website. 
definitely, you know, send love to her. And we got some more questions for her. I, I, I got a question. Okay. okay. Look, look, now, when I was growing up, uh, my mother made me watch um, – Young and the Restless all the time. Uh-huh. So before that, I got to watch The Price is Right. So I just <laughs> want to know, you were the host on The Price is Right. What was that experience like? Uh, you um, know? It, it was definitely, you know, I feel like that's the job that kind of got me out there and separated myself from just being, a, you know, one of a million models out there as someone that had a steady job. You know, we definitely had a major fan base. And we have, fan, you know, Price is Right. Everyone's seen The Price is Right. Everyone's been yeah. homesick. And, you know, and I felt yeah. it was good. It was fun. But, there, you know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, that go down. But, you know, I can't <laughs> – uh, what can I say? Um, it you could write me, a book. I could yeah. write a book. I could write <laughs> a book. It would be really good. But I still get prison fan mail to this day. How about that? Okay. Wow. But I've always been interested in um, – I've always been interested in, in, in putting out a different type, type of uh, – image for black women as far i feel like there's very little few choices on television what we can relate to you either see the the bottom of the barrel and i don't mean it in, well i guess i am insulting these girls but like the flavor of love type girls and then you have the the, the people like you have that the very bottom and you have like oprah there's a whole bunch of people in the middle there's there's those of us who are educated that that vacation in europe that 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 aren't just baby mamas that are just trying to be positive and support each other as sisters, you know, and I just want to be that. Like, I don't, people already ask me, are you going to be like Amorosa on the show? Are you going to be this? I'm like, no, but there's so many different, like, colors and layers that, that, that you know, that represent black women, and I just want to be like a positive kind of force out there. And I just think that's real important to keep putting those kind of images out there of us. And I agree with you, and I, I, we studied your website, and, I mean, I think it's fabulous. I want everybody to go to it. It is www.claudiajordan.net, and just check her out. And You've got your gallery up there. I think what you're doing is fantastic. You're definitely on the right track, and uh, we're honored to be on your show. And, I, and you know, we're doing yeah. a lot of shows. You know, we're producers, so uh, oh, definitely nice. if you're interested, we want to talk to you about a lot of different things. And that's what we're trying to do as well. And if you guys go to ChristyTVOnline.com, um, you'll see what we're doing. We just partnered with Studio One Networks, and we're getting ready to partner with VBN. They're also positive programming for African-American people and, you know, everyone else. So it's a lot of projects we have, Claudia, and, and hearing what you're talking about, we love to get involved and, and us, you know, do some things together. So Sounds good to me. Let's get this economy going. Let's get create yeah, some more jobs for some folks. And then we, we got another question. Um, it is from... Uh, um, a lady in Los Angeles, and she wants to know, how is it co-hosting the Foxhole radio show? Is that hard to do because she's in school trying to become a uh, radio host? I think there's definitely more opportunities in satellite because there's a million channels now. But I, I definitely got, you know, uh, an assist because I was friends with Jamie Foxx, and basically on day one he said, all my crazy friends come down, we're going to see, like, how we mesh together. And it really went well, so that just kind of one thing led to another. But I feel like there's so many, if you intern somewhere and just a lot of times if you just ask, you'd be surprised how many people need, they're looking for content. So, you know, once I got there, I was like, whoa, we are out of control. Like sometimes we leave the show and I can't believe we got away with saying some of the stuff we say. But it's satellite, it's for grown folks. Um, I feel like I have to take a bath sometimes after some shows. But it's entertainment. <laughs> but they, our motto is we go hard or go home, and that's, you know, we, we definitely um, push the envelope on that show. And it's good and bad. I mean, it's good to be able to exercise your freedom of speech, but then sometimes I'm like, am I ruining myself from ever working with Disney? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. You know, I don't think they're going to call me anytime soon. 
<laughs> oh my God, that's that's fantastic. I mean, and we went to that show before, and it was it's so much high energy in there, and like anything can happen. It's just like you know, and you got the best guests on there, and it's just it's a fabulous show. Everybody check out the Foxhole, Jamie. Fox you guys are great, and everyone, of course, wants to know about your relationship, and you know, <laughs> people, you know, you we were looking forward to that. So, oh, thank you. You know, but to survive the show, and you guys handled yourselves great. It's an accomplishment because we are some heathens on that show. <laughs> with so you, no, you say some people don't survive. They don't. Some people, <laughs> you don't really hear from them again. <laughs> that is, that so is hilarious. Bad. We oh should have T-shirts God. printed up. I survived the foxhole. Oh my God! Yeah. Everybody, yeah, we, check out the Apprentice tomorrow, nine o'clock. We can't say it enough. We're going to be saying it throughout the show. Come to our website. We'll get even more information. Do you have any other projects that's coming out anytime soon, Claudia? That you want to talk to our listeners about? Um, I did. A, I'm not really that much much of an actress. I just have done. It just depends on the role. Like I just don't want to just take anything. Kind of going back to that image thing. But um, I did a part with uh, Luke Wilson in uh, a movie called Middlemen. Terry Crews in the movie as well. And it's actually a movie about the beginning of uh, online and the whole pornography thing. But my my role was very. I was a secretary. I was good. I, <laughs> Mom could see it. But it's a, it's funny. It's gonna be a good movie. So uh, I think that comes out sometime this year. I think the end of summer. Middlemen. So and then I'm just trying to you know make my show into a television show because I feel like a lot of women are in the you know you're you're one of the lucky ones that are in a, a nice happy marriage. But I think it's an epidemic now, especially black women. They say now it's like. 40 to 50% of us will never get married, and that's just a sharp increase from the 60s when it was more traditional and you, you would see more of that. And now it seems like more and more black women are just kind of being left out in the cold when it comes to marriage. So I definitely want to kind of tackle that and why is it? Is it us or is it them? I say it's them. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. You've got some great things happening, and we, we definitely need to talk. And we want to thank you. We don't want to take up no more of your time. We know you got some exciting things tomorrow. Hopefully you guys are having a party for it to come out tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll there's back a on in the future. premiere party uh, for the Apprentice Castle. We're going to be uh, somewhere in Hollywood tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. We get to see a preview before it actually airs here on the West Coast. And uh, oh, hopefully, we should have went to LA. If you guys, if you guys are down, just let me know. <laughs> oh my God, that would be hot! Thank you so much, Claudia. Everybody, remember go to www.claudiajordan.net, and you can also check out The Apprentice tomorrow, nine o'clock, wherever you're at. And she's got this movie coming out this summer called The Middleman. It's going to be fantastic, I'm sure. Anything you're doing, we're going to support. Thank you, Thank Claudia. You. I appreciate you having me, and you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me on my MySpace, it's the real Claudia Jordan. I don't my website's kind of old because I haven't updated new pictures, but I'm very interactive with my family and friends that want to reach out to me. So thank you for the opportunity, and I'll see you guys soon. Oh, see you soon. Thank, thank you, you okay. much. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Um, everybody, that was the lovely Miss Claudia Jordan. And um, again, I want to say it tomorrow, 9 o'clock. I'm going to drill it in so you guys can remember. You've got to check out the Celebrity Apprentice where she'll be on there. And everybody's going to support her by going to NBC.com and giving her love and just letting the NBC people see that she definitely requires um, a show on their network. So we'll jump right on into um, Love and Romance. Uh, we're moving right along. Um, we were happy to have her here, and it kind of threw the show out of whack a little bit, but that's okay. We welcome those kind of those kind of problems, don't we? No question, baby. <laughs> you know, this is the special part of our show, Love and Romance, and as always, we love to open it uh, with a little something special, usually a poem, and my beautiful wife is going to do the honors for everybody out there. So uh, grab whatever your libation is, sit back, relax, and listen up. 
Okay, you guys ready for this? This is a lovely poem that um, we enjoy and we want to share with you guys. One night, a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. For each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand when I needed you the most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it is then that I carried you. Mm. <laughs> and I just wanted to share that. We just wanted to share that with you guys. That gives me so much inspiration, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful poem. It's called Footprints in the Sand, and um, it's also included in our book, No Ordinary Love, as well. And we get so much fan mail and um, emails and MySpace emails and stuff from people just saying that they really, really are touched. They weren't familiar with that poem until after they read our book. So in case you weren't, we wanted to share that with you. That is definitely power, baby. And we that we're going to let that carry us right into this week's question and comments coming from all the listeners out there. And uh, why don't you start it off for me, babe? Okay. You guys give all couples hope. And this is from Kim in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Thank you, Kim. Yes. Also, we got Doug. Ignore all the haters and mean-spirited people that would question the beautiful love and respect you have for your wife from George in Texas. George, thank you for the love. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, my God. Next, Jackie, do you and Doug ever have misunderstandings? Um, To answer that question in the briefest um, way possible, because I could go on and on, the answer is, Everybody is human, and I love my husband definitely and 100%, and the same goes for him, but we are human, and everybody has misunderstandings. But what you do is you rise above misunderstandings by communication and dedication and love and understanding, and sometimes I can be kind of stubborn. So a lot of times if there is a misunderstanding, I take fault in that because I am a (laughs) – I am uh, not the easiest person to deal with, but I try to be. And so, yes, but they are normal, and I think every couple does. So please don't think that we are purporting to be perfect because nobody is, but that is um, the love of my life, and I, I hope, honey, am I the love of your life? Oh, no question about it. That that goes, I, number four, I got another one for you. They, 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 listen to this. It kind of answers that question. Did okay. you guys know when you met, you would fall in love. Steve in Kentucky, the bluegrass state, that is. And I'd have to say, Steve, yes, I did. I was smitten by the love bug. <laughs> how did you know? How did you know? Uh, I don't think you know how you know. You just know that you know. And when you know, you know that you know. So I knew. <laughs> and I would have to say that um, my husband grew up. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I, I did. Actually, I tell this story, and I'm going to say it one last time. I hope you guys aren't bored with this, but when I met my husband, it was through a gentleman in Seattle that we both happened to be good friends with named Stephen Taylor. They call him CBT, and he had told me for quite some time he had somebody for me to meet, and then he told me eventually that he was an athlete, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I heard about athletes. I'm really not too interested in that because, 
you know, I figured, you know, what if he has girls and all that. I just didn't want the drama. I was trying to get my life together, you know, figure out what I wanted to do and that kind of thing. And I, he called me one night and go, come here, you got to come over here. He's here. He's in town. It's my boy. He's home from school or whatever because he was going to school at the time. And he said, um, he's over here, and I need you to come over here and meet him. And I said, well, I was actually going to come over there and get some French fries anyway and hang out with you guys, so I'll be there in like an hour. Went over there, walk in the door, and there's this tall guy standing there. He's all handsome and stuff. And there's these four girls standing behind him. And I just kind of laughed to myself and thought, see. And I told Stevie, no, I don't want to meet him, but he's got girls. And he's like, come on. So he took me over there, introduced me to him, and Doug's disposition and his um, spirit just was really cool and relaxed. And I thought, oh, my God, he's nice. And so I went to go dance, and I remember glancing over and seeing him, like, watching me dance and stuff. And I thought, oh, he's cute. And so that was it. And I didn't see him for quite a while. And then um, I saw him at a comedy show, store, and a comedy show, rather, and um, you know, thought, hmm, he seems to be nice. After that, he was just always with his friends and smiling and happy. And we went out to dinner one day, and the rest is history. So, yeah, I guess I could say I knew I loved him. I, once I met him, I just pretty much was like, you know, I could be with him. So that's kind of the personal side. But you got to get our book to find out the rest. Mm-hmm. The next one is I have a sister. This person says I have a sister that has a crush on her professor at school, but he is a married man. Any advice, you guys, honey? Stay back. Run. Run. <laughs> no, it's just, I would say that it's not a good idea to um, involve yourself in any relationship where someone is with someone else. It leads to a lot of drama, a lot of problems. It breaks up families. Yeah, no no question. You uh, get your education, and as you get your education, you will see that situation for exactly what it is. No question. I got a quote for you, babe. And it is, a baby is born with a need to be loved and never outgrows it. Frank A. Clark, uh, I, I love when the quotes come in because the quotes are, uh, are always hot. A baby is born with a need to be loved and never outgrows it, so you know what that means, everybody. The youth, them, give them love. Oh, most definitely. And again, this show was all about paying tribute to black history. This month, February 2009, Simulates Black History Month for celebrations, and we just want everybody out there to know that next year we're going to be doing another tribute, but all throughout the year we feel like black history is a part of us and a part of everybody, so we will be doing things on it throughout the year. And now it's that time. Yes, yes, it is that time. And, uh, you know, when we're talking black history, we got a historian, and we call him the Wizzle. And, Wizzle, we want a little insight into the world of sports. Are you there with me? Because I need some insight. Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to help you out. Thank you very much. Well, well, let's start off. NFL, NFL looks like it's heating up a little bit. Uh, top story: Matt Castle uh, gets sent from uh, uh, where he was at in New England, and he's going to be in Kansas City with the Chiefs. Uh, my question to you, Wizzle, is why do you think they got off Matt Castle so fast? They only got a second-round pick. He's only on a one-year contract. So uh, what does this say for Matt Castle, or does it just say that Tom Brady is okay? Well, uh, there's a couple of different ways you can read into it. Obviously, uh, the, the the status of Tom Brady is obviously uh, one, and it obviously tells you that he's in, uh, in, in, some, in, in good shape. Uh, but also, um, you got to be happy for Matt Castle. He uh, kind of stuck it out. He could talk about him being a backup quarterback as much as he want, but uh, 
got uh, fourteen and a half million bucks, and he gets a chance to go win down in Kansas City. So uh, uh, I'm happy for him too. Um, and the third thing is, obviously, I, I think that maybe the Patriots uh, are trying to do it again, and they got their eyes on somebody and some of the young talent that's coming out in this draft because there's a lot of good young talent coming out. No question about that. I, there, there's so many trades, and we're going to talk uh, about a few of them. I, I don't know how significant this is, but a local guy, uh, Kitna leaves Detroit, and he's headed to the Cowboys for Anthony Henry. Uh, do you think Kitna gets some time as a backup QB for the Cowboys or through the concussions and things that he's went through? Is this just uh, one of his last stops? Um, I do think uh, it obviously helps to 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 have a backup, you never know when injury may occur. You can look back last year and them having Brad Johnson to put in. I guarantee you this, as much as people don't like and they might boo uh, John Kitna, he would have been a big improvement over Brad Johnson last year. Not only that, they might have sustained uh, uh, some wins uh, during that period, too, in terms of when Tony Romo's out because he does play with some fire uh, and he does have the, the NBA, NFL system down. And uh, he's a smart guy, and he's got some savvy. So uh, I think there's a good pickup. Uh, it'll be somebody good to help push Romo. And uh, he's kind of it's not that like he's going there with the backup job. He has his mind set on trying to, you know, get the starting job. And I think that's always good ultimately for the team because it, it raises the bar and level of play from that spot. No question. Well, talking about raising the bar, I don't know if they raised or lowered it, but it looks like the Eagles are revamping their defense. Brian Dawkins is now a Bronco. Lilo Shepard is with the Jets. And, I mean, are, are the Eagles just, uh, are, are they going to blow it up, start over? Do they need to, well, what's going on in Philadelphia? Well, there's obviously a lot of uh, internal things going on. Uh, one thing that you don't have to worry about is uh, their ability to, ability to assess young talent. Uh, and I'm sure if they let those type of players go, uh, uh, there's some uh, young talent and guys who are making considerably less amount of money uh, that can step in and do an adequate job. But not only that, uh, uh, Denver has let go of some of their uh, premier players, too. We're talking about Champ Bailey and Dre Bly. This was uh, weeks ago. So uh, everybody's doing different things. And, hey, from that standpoint, if you were Denver, with the defense they had, it wasn't that exactly uh, uh, tops in the league. So, hey, everybody's expendable. We can go another route and save a lot of money. So, hey, it's something that's becoming a, a high fashion statement in the NFL, if you will. There you go. Speaking of a lot of money, Mr. Hainsworth signs with the Skins for $100 million. And D'Angelo Hall gets six years, $54 million. You guys got to quit kicking all this money out in this economy. What's wrong with you? I, well, that's what they're doing right now. So it tells you somebody's making money somewhere. What's happening with those Redskins? Are, are they a front runner now, or what, what's going on? Well, I definitely think that they uh, are are doing everything possible, and I think that that was probably the most popular uh, uh, fan pick. But the actual facts are that they really, really need to revamp their wide receivers, their receiving core. Uh, they really have uh, Santana Moss, which is a, really a key piece, but he can't do it all by himself. you got to put another, some more stud guys out there, another good wide receiver. Uh, you know, but obviously you get in Hainsworth, it, it does – 
sure of your defense. Uh, also, they released uh, Sean Springs, so that lets you know uh, that they're really excited about what they have in D'Angelo Hall. So uh, we'll see what, they're, what they have planned. Uh, I think they, they do have a solid team, but I just think that it just comes down to not being able to provide enough offense. But defensively, they're physical and they play smart. Well, you know, you talk about wide receivers, and there's a one out there that is doing big, big things, and he could end up in a couple different places, and I call him the Hushman because he quiets the crowd. They call him uh, Mr. T.J. Hushman Zada. Uh, Seattle, Minnesota, Cincinnati, the Jets, where do you think Mr. Hushman Zada might end up? Who's your mama? Wow, Uh, he's a a (laughs) hell of a player. First of all, he's a West Coast guy, so uh, we do have uh, an upper hand in there. I do think that this this would be a heck of a place for him to play. If you're listening, man, you'll love it here. It's a lot of good seafood and a lot of good things to do. Plus, you can enjoy your money, man. It's beautiful, man. But anyway, uh, I really think that he would fit in well with our system. Uh, with what we have going in terms of our re- uh, receiving court, I think that he would be happy and ultimately uh, enjoy his experience in Seattle because ultimately after the game is over, it's about the experiences that you take from him. And uh, I think that he'd have some good ones. He can ask Ken Griffey because he had to come back too. There it is. Now, speaking of comebacks, Michael Vick okayed for a home release uh, he's getting closer, Whistle. I, 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 I can feel it in the air. The Vickster may be back. Where could he land? No, I'm playing. Uh, he no, could actually wrong. be in. No, that was. I had DMX was on my, my CD player. I had to hit pause. Anyways, uh, San Francisco, uh, Mr. John Singletary is really, really interested in it. He hasn't had the chance to rent it by uh, management, but um, he said it was something that he was definitely willing to do and definitely a risk that he was willing to take. And I'll be, let's be honest about it. Ladies and gentlemen, if I had my choice, I would jump on Michael Vick in a heartbeat. Let me tell you, he's been out of the league. He's all the times that he, the hits that you take, he's got a fresh body, a fresh mind, fresh spirit. And we're talking about a guy who has really definitely something to play for. So uh, he would be a huge pickup, and I'm sure he has a lot of talent still left uh, to give. So uh, I would take my chance on him, definitely. Front front runner would be the Bay Area. I'll have to pick up a hat if he goes. No question. Well, staying in football, Wizzle, the college draft is coming up, and I, I'm going to give you uh, the top five, and plus uh, I want your, your your take on number eight. Well, they call him the eighth best player right now. But we got number one, Michael Crabtree, Aaron Curry from Wake Forest, Eugene Moore, Virginia, Malcolm Jenkins, Ohio State, and Andre Smith, Alabama. Those are the top five. Now, coming in at number eight is Matt. Matthew Stafford, and uh, the QB out of Georgia, 6'3", 236 pounds, runs a 4'7", and they're talking about Detroit taking him first, and, and I've seen some arguments that uh, why would you take the eighth best player first? I mean, do you take a QB that bad just because you need one? Well, obviously, uh, you have to look at the situation that Detroit is in, and they do need a quarterback. Um it would be a, a great chance to uh, to really see what they could do, but obviously uh, their history hasn't been well in terms of uh, grooming quarterbacks. Uh, but, hey, it would be a challenge that's worth stepping up for. He's got a nice, strong arm. 
And it's not like you're going out there without any uh, key pieces. They have Calvin Johnson, who's a real stud, a couple other real studs on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball, and they're starting to shore up, obviously, with this offseason with free agency. So it'd be a challenge worth it, and uh, I'd, I'd give it a shot. I, I think that definitely they need a quarterback, though, and you got to probably go with the best guy in the draft. So um, if that quarterback works out, fine. Uh, Otherwise, it could be the, uh, uh, Sanchez, or you never know through trades and deals and the type of things that go down, but they do need to get a quarterback, and you do need to set your franchise on somebody. No question about it. I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. If this is a, a cornerstone type of QB, you're going to have to take him. Well, looking in the association, NBA, Ben Wallace is broken leg. What does that do for the Cavs? He is going to be out four to six weeks. That definitely hurts the Cavs. Uh, maybe not a uh, uh, production-wise because uh, obviously he doesn't put out a lot of big figures, but just what he does in terms of morale, uh, his presence out on the on the court, and what it does to defensively for the other players out there. Uh, it's ultimately it's going to give somebody else some time, and it, it does help your team when players go down. But uh, you do need Ben to, to to be going and and to be at full strength. So hey, right now uh, it's not that bad of a deal, but they're going to need him pretty quickly, and they realize his value. Well, there has been a Starberry sighting whistle, and it is in green. Boston Celtics Marbury comes back, eight points, two assists. Uh, what does he do in Boston? Is he is he going to work out? Is that solidify their backcourt? Do you think at the point guard position? Are you sure that wasn't Antoine Walker? No, I'm playing. <laughs> he had number eight. <laughs> he was number eight. That's ironic. I was like, hey, that's Antoine. I'm not, no, it's not. But anyway, he really looked good. His first shot, uh, he looked good. It kind of reminded you of the kind of game that he has. And uh, let's, let's be honest about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the guy's got some game. Uh, you can watch the way he sets up for his shots. Uh, he, he uses his legs. Uh, he's pretty savvy in terms of uh, attacking the bucket. Uh, he, he attacks with a, a reckless abandon. Uh, I think it's going to be a great pickup, and he's going to be a great uh, a second guard coming off the bench to play with their second unit. So um, if he stays in line, which I don't see any reason that he wouldn't, because let's be honest, he's on not only his last leg, but to be on your last leg and have the greatest opportunity, he'd have to be an absolute idiot not to take advantage of it. And I don't think that he's an idiot. I think that he will take advantage of his opportunity and try to do everything that it takes to uh, 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 to get his name back, so to speak, and, and, and restore some, some legitimacy to it. Well, this is no better time than the present because right now the Boston Celtics are in a little bit of a quandary as far as the injuries go. Uh, Paul Pierce, two times he dislocates his finger uh, in the L.A. Clippers game. Scalabrini is out with concussions. Uh, Pruitt, a DUI in L.A., and KG is out still with his knee. So at any time he could come in and help. What do you see with the Boston Celtics? Is this the time where all the young players are going to get the opportunity to step in, solidify when everybody comes back they're really going to be strong or uh what do you see oh definitely without a doubt and uh these are the times where your team is uh where the personnel and and everything that you stand for is put on the line you know you, you draft guys with the intent on having them help your, your franchise move forward and to contribute in positive manners and and here you are you have uh, uh obviously they've learned from from their centerpiece and someone in, in the spirit and that uh, the challenge that you want to take and the approach you want to 
uh, have at being professional. So I do think that they have a lot of key pieces in, in favor uh, to be successful. So I think that their foundation has been laid, and pretty much all you have to do is just follow suit. I, and pretty much uh, just try hard. I, I, I couldn't imagine an easier team to play for right now in the NBA, probably the other than the Celtics. All you got to do is come and give your 100% and raise your hand and come out the game. So that's that's got to be pretty entertaining to, to play at that level. No question. Well, on the total other end of the spectrum, you got the Detroit Pistons lose eight in a row, stop a skid, what is up, AI is hurt, and, uh, you know, five times, or was it six times, to the Eastern Conference Final in a row, uh, the Pistons look to be reeling. Well, what's happening in uh, Detroit? Well, Detroit, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Dumars had a, a huge decision to make, um, in terms of uh, trying to, to rectify and, and to shake his team up because it had become boring, and I think the team had become bored and complacent with itself. So uh, in the efforts to try to get Iverson, uh, you think you can uh, shore up some one-on-one scoring. And But what he did was kind of it, 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 it messed with the way that everyone else plays on the team, uh, which is ironic because the game he didn't, didn't play, uh, Rip Hamilton goes off with 34 points, and Stucky comes along with another 21, and they play solid. They're sharing the ball. So um, I don't know if it's necessarily Iverson's game or uh, just the ability that the, for, of the team to play with him because uh, obviously there's some type of problem there, and, uh, you know, their team is a lot, certainly a lot better on paper. But, hey, one of their real true factors is that Rashid Wallace should be playing inside at the power forward spot and not be shooting at three. So that, I, I've always thought that that being a problem of theirs, that him to, uh, to go to his natural spot at the four and to, to, to really take advantage of his inside scoring because that's really where he made his name at in terms of well, being yeah. out here in Portland. You heard it here, uh, Rashid. You know you got the jumper. Can you take it inside, Big Davey? The Wizzle says take it inside. Wizzle, as always, we enjoy your insight into the world of sports. Until next week, same time, same place. I'm a junk food junkie, Welch's great, and smart food white cheddar. I am out. <laughs> For that.